How are we, church? Yeah, a couple of people are good, so that's obviously a good thing. Uh, who's excited for today? Yes, a couple of people again. So tonight we get to go through like vision partners, and obviously tonight um, we get to come together as a church and partner together financially as a church in order with the idea of equipping people. And, and obviously part of that outworks with um, building works. And so like just to highlight, like Karina's talked about some stuff and what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to fill in that kids section over there so we can um, put the kids in there. Maybe the older kids can go in there and the younger kids can stay out here potentially or vice versa, whichever way it needs to work around is best. But the idea behind it is that we can give towards that because maybe that's on your heart to give towards so that we can help best um, equip the kids team, help, so we can help best equip the people in our auditorium that are maybe um, getting distracted by the noise of the kids or, or whatever it is, or, or we, can, we can do a creche because we've got more facilities. Or the other thing that we're wanting to give towards is um, put petitions here on either side and have, so we can put the projector screen up there, but also have storage um, behind it. Um, put cameras, not cameras, um, lights up on the, on, the, on the light bar and another projector. And, and with the whole idea behind it is to equip people. And I know some, some of those things you think, well, how does that equip people? Like, I don't really understand how storage equips people. And I don't really understand how lighting equips people either. But how many know that each person has a different area that they're passionate about? And in that area that they're passionate about, they're sewing into people. And so what you or what, what I or what you don't see as valuable, well, someone else sees as valuable and someone else is using to equip someone. So the things that I don't even think are valuable that we even need to give money to, well, someone else has got a ministry in that area and that they get to use that in, in a capacity to equip people to further um, benefit the kingdom. So, and if you don't want to give to any of them, of course, then we can just um, pull our money together and give together. And so at the end, I'm going to share a quick message as far as um, my heart behind giving, my heart behind um, vision partners. And then at the end, we're going to worship together and we're going to give together. Does that sound good? So how about we pray quickly? Does that sound good? <laughs> uh, Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you that you're a given God. And God, that's um, demonstrated from Genesis through to Revelation, Father, where um, you've constantly given, Father. You've, you've given us your life, Jesus. You've given us your grace. You've given us your love, God. You've given us your mercy, Father. And I thank you that um, we get to honor you, Father, and we get to worship you likewise. We get to worship you um, with our giving, Father. And I pray that as I speak tonight, Jesus, this isn't, isn't just a message that's, that's on money, Father, as much as we get to talk about money, God, but I pray that the heartbeat that comes behind it of what we get to do with money, that we get to worship you with our money, Father. We get to come together and partner together with our money and impact our community. And everybody said, amen. amen. So for those of you that didn't read uh, my church um, info, I started with a, with a story from out of the Little House on the Prairie series. And I think it's from the book called The, the Long Winter. And in there is this story of an elk hunt. And the, the families in this community have gone through this really long winter. That's why it's called the long winter, of course. And they're out of food. And everyone in the village or in the community is basically to the point of starvation because they've exhausted all their resources and they have nothing left. And luckily for them, an, an, elk, an elk herd um, passes near the, near the town. And so all the men of the town gather together and they form out a plan and decide that, oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to head out on horseback and we're going to hunt them this way. But 
while we do that, we're going to send some other guys on foot to the forest where the guys on the horses are going to hunt them and we're going to lie in wait with guns in ambush so we can get an elk um, to, to feed the community, to feed our families and to, to feed the community. And like the story actually, like if you've read the book, and you'll know the story doesn't go as easy as that or it actually doesn't work out that well for them. But what I found um, strike, well, what I found really interesting in that story is hunting for us is completely like it, it's, it's gone. Like we don't have to hunt to go and live. We don't have to hunt to go and, go and feed. And so the idea of coming together as even a community to hunt, to feed a community is foreign for us. We only got, got to go back two generations. And this is a reality that um, people lived in, especially if you lived in a community that was outside of the township. The most hunting that we do now is that we will normally run to the supermarket, no matter how many people we're feeding, and we will hunt the aisles of the supermarket, and one person can do that to feed 50 people. But if you, if you rolled it back a couple of generations, it'd be different. It, to feed that amount of people, there'd normally be people involved in order to feed that amount of people because it'd be a, too big a job for one person. And what I've noticed, um, and I, I know that we shared it before, but um, obviously society's changing in that we have iPhones, iPads, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube channels, podcasts, um, home delivery shopping. You don't even have to go to the supermarket so much anymore. And the list goes on and on of what we've got. And not that any of this stuff is at all bad. In fact, it makes life more simplistic that I'm, and I'm happy about it for one. But what, it, what we do start missing is the we. Everything starts becoming an I. So when I go to the supermarket to feed my community, or even if I go to get um, food for us, I can go and do that and completely miss the community that's involved in it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it as well, but I think what ends up happening with this, it's the natural progression of the I starts moving into our worship. Uh, the I starts moving into our gathering as a church. The I starts moving into how we interact as a church, as a community together. And... Um, Alan Corby even mentioned this a couple of weeks ago at a meeting. He said, and he was talking about worship songs. He said, even worship songs, um, we have moved from God, we love you, to God, I love you. And again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it because I love singing, God, I love you. But I also love singing, God, we love you. And we are a church and we get to stand together and worship together. And so when we sing songs, God, we love you, it gives a different idea, a different connotation of what we're doing. We are now coming together and worshiping God because we love you versus me in my own bubble standing here, I love you. Do you understand? And um, so what I want to do tonight as, as we talk about vision partners and, and, and focus on, on, on a vision offering, I want to separate it from the I from I am giving to rather we are giving, from I get to give this amount to we get to raise this amount. Um, the, the, two are look, the, the two are the same. At the end of the day, it still looks like an individual person walking up and giving, but the heart behind it changes because it's instead, it's less about what I do, but more about what we can come together and do uh, corporately. So if I can have the first slide, please. I mean, if you've got your, don't even bother, this will come up on the slide actually. So Ephesians 3. And it says this, it says, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, by the mystery made known to me by revelation. Next slide. And this is where we'll jump down to verse 6, and then we'll hop around a little bit, then we'll get somewhere. Um, this mystery, Paul goes on to say, 
is that through the Gospels, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise uh, in Christ Jesus. Has anyone picked anything up from verse 6? A couple of you are nodding your heads. Fantastic. Let's read it again, and we'll see if we can pick some stuff up. Ready? This mystery is that through the Gospels, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Has anyone picked it up again? What are we? Together. I love it. Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Um, The Bible wasn't at all written for one person. The Bible was written to a group of people over a, a period of time. And this I not only enters into our worship service, but I noticed that it even enters into how we read and interpret um, the Bible. And that there's nothing wrong with interpreting the Bible like it was written to me or it was written to one person, but a whole lot of the Bible wasn't written to an individual. There's certain books that were written to one person, but most books are written to a group of people, to, to, a, to, a, to a gathering. And, and to paint the picture um, a bit more, Ephesians 1 opens up saying, this is Paul saying, oh, this is who I'm writing to. I'm writing to... God's holy people in Ephesus, Ephesus, sorry, um, the faithful in Christ Jesus. It's a church. It's a group of people. It's not one person. So when we read the book of Ephesians, we're not reading a book that was written to one person called Ephesus. We're reading a book that was written to a people out of a place called Ephesus. It was, it was a group of people. So when we read it, we're meant to read it with the perspective of, this is Paul writing to a group of people, not one person. So when you read it, we need to read it through the lens of this is a body he's talking to. And this is a body he's talking about. Um, I don't know, often this, we talk about this, that I am the church. How many of you know that that is really incorrect? I am not the church. And you are not the church either, as far as individuals. We're only the church when we come together. We're only the church when we, when we work together. We're only the church when we, when, like, we can run out and have individual ministries and run out on the street and minister to 100 people, but that's still not the church. That's me being a disciple. That's me loving on people. That's me evangelizing people. But that's not me. That's not the church. That's me as an individual outworking my gift and my calling to love people. But we're only the church when we come together. And so when we read these scriptures and when we talk about giving as a church, we need to have the understanding that it's not, that Paul is not writing to a church, that it's an individual. He's writing to a group of people. And so, and same when we come about our giving, it's not what I give, it's rather what we give as a church, uh, giving together. I am not the church, but rather we are the church. Jesus is coming back for his church, not for me. And again, Jesus is coming back for me, like the two are the same, but He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for his church. He's coming back for his group of people. He's not coming back for one individual person. God so loved the world that he sent his son, not God so loved Micah that he sent his son. And it's, like, it's true that God so loved Micah, but for some reason when we read scripture so often that we read into I, 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 and we miss the we, we, we. And so when we come together, it becomes an I instead of a we. And then when we focus around giving a worship, it becomes I instead of we. And so what I want to focus on literally tonight is over and over again is that this is us together. This is us partnering together. Vision partners isn't me, but it's rather us partnering together to equip people. 
The moment that I focus on I, it'll only ever be done as much as I can do it. But the moment that we start focusing on we, then the vision changes. The vision becomes something we can all grab hold of. The vision becomes something we can all pass in, participate in because we've all got a part to play. We've all got something to sow. We've all got something to give because we're all part of the one body outworking the same vision. We're all together. Um, Mother Teresa said this, I can do things that you cannot and you can do things that I cannot, but together we can do great things. How many of us know that every single person here has got a different gift? And that's a really good thing. Not everyone is gifted like me. Not everyone is like Damer or Nath or Matt. or like Everyone's different. And we've all got unique strengths. But when we come together, we can actually participate and do something. Um, and so this will make, I think, a bit more sense as we go on, as I think what Paul's um, talking about, what I'm bringing out of it, of course. Um, so next slide, please, Evan. And so this is um, verse 10. It says this. He says, His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose that He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Him and through, through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. He's still picking up this together thing. It's the church together. It's we together. It's we doing this. Um, I've got a story that I want to read out to you. Um, it's, and it, it, goes, it goes like this. That there were two brothers that were master builders and could build anything that could be imagined. These brothers were son, sons of a king who ruled two kingdoms and had spent his life seeking wisdom. On his deathbed, the father said to his two sons, Of all the wisdom I have gained, I want to give wisdom that will reveal to you all wisdom. And so the father took hold of the boys and shared with them this poem. One is wise, two is wise, three is wise, and four. Four is wise, five is wise, but six is wiser more. Follow the wisdom of one through to six and find nothing lacking that one cannot fix. And the king went on, the king died and left half of his kingdom to one brother and the other half to the other. And because both brothers wanted to rule with wisdom, they set out, they, they each set out out to understand the meaning of the poem. And the first son reflected on the poem and determined it as his father telling him to follow the six steps to success. One, set goals. Two, think positively. Three, plan ahead. Four, take action. Five, be determined. Six, be consistent. Who thinks they're relatively good goals? Yep. And the second son also reflected on the poem, but being unable to determine what the poem meant, he grew frustrated and one morning asked his chambermaid if she could reveal the meaning of the poem. So he shared with her the poem. He said, one is wise, two is wise, three is wise, and four. Four is wise, five is wise, but six is wiser more. Follow the wisdom of one through to six and find nothing lacking that one cannot fix. And the chambermaid replied, each person has wisdom that, want, that hasn't been revealed to another. Look for the wisdom in others and allow their wisdom to expand yours. And so the son went and gathered, and so this son went and gathered together all the people in his kingdom and saw the wisdom in each of them. One grew a vineyard, one made fine wine, another fattened cattle, another grew wheat he used to make bread. And so the son asked the people in his kingdom, where can I build the castle so that the cattle would fatten and the crops would produce? And where can I plant my vineyard for grapes for my wine? And so they told him, build, build his castle in the valley so that when it rains, the rain will fall on top of the hill and run down, water the grass in the valley and will grow food for your cattle, water for your crops and your vineyards will grow grapes for wine. And so the second son built his, son built his kingdom in the valley and when it rained, the water ran down the side of the hill and watered the grass 
which fed the cattle. The crops were watered and the vineyard produced grapes for wine. And the people in the village increased in number and there was plenty of food to eat. But the, second, but the first son set a goal to build a kingdom of great magnitude with a, with a view that would take people's breath away, that would display his wealth, power and excellence. And he followed the six steps of goal, the six goals to success perfectly. He set goals, he thought positively, he took action, he was determined and he remained consistent. And so he built his, his kingdom on top of the hill, on a high mountain that had the most breathtaking of views. And inside the kingdom, he placed his cattle on the grass. He planted the crops for bread and a vineyard, vineyard for, wine, rain, for, for wine. But when the rain came, it fell down and it fell and ran down the hill so the grass didn't grow, that the cattle didn't fatten, the crops weren't watered so they didn't produce grain, and the vineyard produced no grapes or wine. So the people in his kingdom starved and died. What's the moral of the story? <laughs> don't, don't build on the hill yet. The moral, moral of the story is everyone's got something. Everyone's got something individual. Everyone's got something, a unique set of wisdom, a unique perspective, um, a, a specific skill that the other person doesn't have. And unless we work together, we can never do anything. Because we'll, we'll be running around only doing what one person is good at, but not doing what the next person is good at. And so therefore, we actually don't, all we do is facilitate this goal and this vision. And all we can do is this because we're ill-equipped over here because we've decided not to partner with someone else or we've decided to partner by ourselves, or we've decided to become a lone wolf. Um, do you want to put that slide back up there just quickly, Evan? Um, it says, His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. I love it that it's through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is revealed. It's not through an individual person, that God's wisdom is revealed, but rather it's through us as a body. If I am the wisest person in the room, there is no need for any of you to be here. And actually there is every reason for you guys to be here if you need to listen to me. But there'd be no reason for anyone else to ever get up here and share for one because I've got all the wisdom in the world. Do you see that the, the contrast that we, we start getting when I've got everything, like we completely miss what someone else has got, but it's it's through, it's through the church that the manifold wisdom is given. It's through the church that the manifold wisdom is expressed. It's through the church because every person has got something unique. Every person has got something individual to give, to teach, um, to reveal to us so that when we come together, it's when we come together that the manifold wisdom is expressed. It's not when I am separate that I have the manifold wisdom, but this is the power that we have as a body, as a church, that when we come together, the manifold wisdom of the Father is expressed through us because we work in wisdom when John's wisdom works with mine and Leisha's and Nico's and so forth. When that comes together, it's a manifold wisdom of the church is being expressed and is being released and is being used and is being activated. When one's wisdom is revealed to another, their wisdom is expanded. When we partner together, what we are planning to do is expanded. When Vision Partners is us coming together financially to partner together to equip the church, to continue building the church, to continue doing what God's placed on our heart to do. But we can't do it singularly. We come together to do it. It's when we come together with our gifts and our talents, and it's when we come together with our finances that we can do what God's placed on our hearts to do. We're never meant to be lone wolves out running around doing this and doing that and trying to um, fulfill this vision and that vision all by ourselves. We're meant to come together to do it. 
It's a church together that equips us. And it's a church that together releases and sends us out. Um, next slide, please. From verse 14, it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, as in Paul kneels before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Notice the together again, and notice that it's not that power. Power isn't individualistic. That, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, with all the Lord's holy people. So when we come together, we've got power. I've got a gift, but you've got a gift. That's why Paul says, for one has got the gift of healings and another's got this and another's got that. And, and we're, we're, we've all got the same Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit gives something different to each of us. It's not that we can't um, operate out of different gifts at different times. But at the end of the day, the whole idea is that what God doesn't want is one individual being being the be all end all, the Jesus Christ to every single person, but rather he wants the church to be the church, to outwork the church, to be the church to the community, to love the community with gifts and with talents so that when we come together, we have power. Otherwise, again, there'd be no reason for us to ever come together because if we had all the power, if Pete Metzger had all the power, there'd be no reason for Pete to come to the church, nor would be there be any reason for us to either gather together because us as individuals had all the power, so we're just going about doing our own thing, but rather we've been given power when we come together. And so when we come together with our gifts, we outwork a vision. When we come together with our finances, we outwork a vision. It's when we come together we have power. But we miss it so often when we, when we start reading um, the Bible through an eye perspective. When we start reading it through, this is me personally, this is me individually, this is, this is solely for me, written to me, and as much as the Holy Spirit 100% um, speaks to us like that and speaks to us out of that. But if that's the only way we read and interact with Scripture, we have completely missed what Paul or any of the other authors were trying to communicate. And if we read a passage of Scripture like Ephesians 3 through that perspective, we completely missed it again because it becomes an I scripture that God's talking to me and so that I have power separate from all the saints, but rather I have power together with all the Lord's holy people so that when I come together with you, I am healed. I receive power. When I come together with you, I am empowered because it's the body coming together, working as the church. Vision Partners is just that. It is people coming together fulfill a goal. It is people coming together to partner financially, fulfill a vision. It is people coming together financially to equip people so that we together can send people out into the vision that God has placed on their heart, on their lives, to minister to the, to the people that He's called them to go and minister to. But until we come to it together as a church to do that, we can't even release. We can't even equip. We can't do that until we come together as a church. The church only becomes a church. We, we only start equipping. We only start releasing when we come together. Um, next slide. He, Paul goes on and he says, to grasp how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. And it's, it's again, this together thing, we'll just leave it there for a second. Don't take it down. As when we come together, again, I don't have the depth of the love of God, but I've got a revelation of God's love. And how, how many here have got a revelation of God's love? Would you put your hand up? 
And how many know that your revelation of God's love is different to the person sitting next to you? But what happens, what happens to that person when you reveal your revelation to them? They've, had, they've got the opportunity now with a different revelation to, to know something different, to experience something different, to have a new revelation open up to them so that they can have a deeper revelation of the love of God. It's not, I haven't got everything. I haven't got the fullness of the, of the love of God to grasp how wide and deep and long and high the love of Christ is. It's when we come together that we experience this. Um, and to know this love that suppresses knowledge that you may be filled to the, to, to the measure of all the fullness of God. Because when I share my revelation with the person next to me, their revelation has the opportunity to become my revelation, sorry, has the opportunity to become their revelation and thus they get to have a new experience with the love of the Father. So again, when I come together, when we come together, we release something to, to the person sitting beside us that they get to grab a hold of and they get to partner with and they get to outwork and they get to experience and it gets to fill them. I'm not filled individually. I don't get filled like I do get filled in my own private worship time obviously the Holy Spirit still speaks to me and still fills me but it's when we come together we're filled up because each person's got something to give because when we come together someone else has something to impart to us and, and someone else shares something that we've never thought about and so we're filled up to, the, to a new measure and we're continually overflowing when we come together and I know obviously I'm banging on and banging on I keep talking about together but the reality is, I think so often we, we miss what Scripture is talking about. And so then when we come around like an offering or, or vision partners and, and we're talking about money, it becomes individualistic or this is what I've got to give and I have to give this or I've got to do that. But it's got nothing to do with me at all. It's about what we can do together. So what I want vision partners to be, I want vision partners to be, to be separated from from me personally and, and become more about what we can do inclusively as a church and, and about me or less about me giving something but more about what I get to do. I get to partner together to fulfill a common goal, a common vision that is placed on all of our hearts and that vision looks like equipping. That vision looks like releasing people. That vision um, looks like sending people out. Christianity was never supposed to be about me, but rather it is supposed to be about us. Christianity is less about what I can do and more about what we can do. And Vision Partners is not at all about me, but rather it is about us and is rather what we can do when we come um, together as a church. The whole premise of what Paul is saying, and I suppose the whole premise of my message is, it's together that we experience the love of God. It's together we experience God as each person sees, relates, and has a different revelation of God's love. And it's so that when we come together, we have an encounter with the fullness of His love so that we have an opportunity to be filled. I don't want to be everything to everyone because I'm never going to be everything to everyone, but rather when we come together, we can outwork something. And we see this outworking over and over again together, 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 even when we go out in our own individual fields of ministry, we're still together. We may not be together with this part of the body, but what we, the blessing that we get to do as a body, we get to send people out to partner with other people to minister. Ministry was never meant to be just me by myself going out. Jesus sent them out two by two. Ministry was meant to, never meant to be me by myself going out, but rather I get to partner with other people. Um, Heidi Kraft is a perfect example. We've got, had the, the privilege and the blessing of releasing her into something that God had placed on her heart to do. And how, 
Jeff's got up here enough and talked about it, and Heidi has as well before she left. She's not over there by herself in India doing her own thing in her own area without any person there, but rather she's gone and joined together with another group of people. And we've had the, the, um, the privilege and the honor and the opportunity to equip her and send her out. Vision Partners is all about that. Vision Partners is about us together with a like-minded goal, a like-minded vision of coming together to equip people, to release people into their areas of ministry so that they can go out together and have an impact on the areas that they are called to have an impact on and see them have an impact and hear the testimonies come back. But it can never happen unless we come, what? Together. Um, can I have the worship team come up, please? I realize it's um, a slightly different message to what potentially would normally do for a, a giving message, but the point I want to make is that our revelation is not just, or my revelation is not for me, but it's for you. And your revelation is not for you. Well, it is for you, but it's for me. We come together because we've all got something. We come together because we've got something to give. We come together because someone else has got something that we need. And we realize this, I think, with our, with our revelation, and we realize this with our gifts and our talents, but I think we forget it with our finances. And our, our finances are just like our gifts. Our finances are just like our talents. They're, they're, they're not separate from that. They're, they're not um, pushed aside from that, but rather they're the same as that. Our finances are something that we get to be steward of. Our finances are something that, that is master of us. It's, we're master of. It's not master of us, sorry. And we have this understanding that when we come together as a church, that we get to love on each other with our gifts and our talents, and we get to express our revelation and impart that revelation to other people and give them the opportunity to encounter that and give the church the opportunity to be equipped and released and, and to be blessed. But sometimes when I think when it's with our finances, we forget that it's exactly the same. Our finances are a gift that we get to release so that we can partner together. To love and our community together, to love on the people in this building together so that we can equip the people in this building together, so that we can release the people in this building together. As a church, I never ever want to get to this place where it's about us as individuals. I always want to remain in this place where everything's about us together. Vision Sunday, we started the year in February, it's all about us together. Vision Partners on the 28th of October, it's, it's the same thing again, it's about us together. Every Sunday when we come together, it's not about me, it's about us together. Worshipping our Lord and our Saviour loving on one another, expressing His love, the, the overflow of what He's spoken to us through the week so that we can, together can experience fullness of His love and our offering and our giving is the same thing. We come together so we can equip together. So what I want to do uh, now is, obviously I've talked about together and I, I want to give us an opportunity to um, have that mindset that we get to now worship obviously together we get to sing together and we get to dance if you want to dance together or jump together and lift your hands together and and make loud noises with our voice together and and worship God together as we're going to do for all of eternity when we get to heaven um, but also what we also get to do 
as a part of our worship is we get to give. Um, our giving isn't just something we have to do, but rather our giving is an act of worship. Our giving is a part of worship. And so what I want us to do is I want there to be that practical demonstration of that um, tonight, that we get to come together. We, when we worship, let's make our worship about worship. And so part of that worship is giving, so let's give together while we worship because that's the expression of our worship. So we're not going to hand any bags out, but rather there's a basket here. And so if, you, if you've filled out your vision partners, do the lucky. Um, if you haven't, I'd encourage you to fill it out. And then just come up the back when you're ready, or not at the front when you're ready, and pop it in there. If you've got cash and you want to put it in there, obviously put it in there. Um, if you're doing it online, well, that's a whole other story altogether. Let me pray, and then, um, then let's worship. God, thank you that uh, you've given us a vision, Father. You haven't given one person a vision, Father, but you've given us a vision. And, and Father, I'm aware that every single one of us might have a, a vision that looks different to the person next to us. But I pray that what comes out of tonight, God, is, is the ability to dream, Father, is the ability to realize that vision isn't just for me, that vision isn't just for me as an individual, but that rather, God, that, that vision is works in partnership with other people, that that vision, Father, it works in partnership to equip and release other people, Father. But I pray, Father, that we've also got a vision as a church, Jesus, where we want to see this community transform, Father, where we want to see... Um, a church that makes a real difference, Father. We want to become a church of irresistible influence, God. And part of that looks like us as a church equipping people, Father. And part of that as a church looks like us releasing people to go and do just that, Father. And so I pray that um, what I'm going to share tonight, Father, it gets to challenge us to have a vision, Father, that we see and we realize is a part of the body, is a part of us coming together, God. So I pray, God, that as we get to come together tonight and um, take up an offering, Father, um, partner together as um, provision partners, vision partners offering, Father, that we do it with this heart, Father, that we are coming together to equip people. We're giving together. We're financially partnering with everyone here as a body to equip people, to release people in this In Jesus' name.